Very good. Good uh, afternoon. Yes, twelve thirty. Good afternoon, everybody. I hope you're all well. Thank you for joining us on today's uh, LinkedIn Live. As you know, we run these regularly, um, catching up with different industry experts, uh, non-experts, as the case may be for today. Just sort of drop that one in there straight away. Um, friends of TRN and and anyone else who can help us understand what's going on in the world of recruitment, how we can improve our business strategy, our growth plans, and navigate forward. And, and today we're going to focus on on technology. There's, there's a slight irony. I'm going to drop it in before they do. Um, oh. The last time I did one of these LinkedIn lives, my technology went down. So there we go. I'm the last person to be probably talking about this, but anyway, I'm going to give it a go anyway. And which is why we do bring experts and guests on with us as well. So um, today we want to talk about the future of technology and about how you can expand your business with technology so looking at your your sort of business development strategy your business strategy your growth strategy and how tech sits alongside that as part of that journey i think there's a lot of conversations going around at the moment about what on earth is going on with technology where we start to work ai and automations and everything else goes with that so hopefully we can try and help um sort of navigate through some of that minefield of questions that some of you may have if you do have any questions as we go today please um feel free to ask them in the chat or in the in the q a section uh, and we'll make sure we drop these things um into uh, our introduce our our guests so um today we've got the, the guys from the possibility partnership i think it's a genius name for a for a business um who are the all-in-one tech partner for businesses uh, and, and one of one of our trm partners as well so whether you're needing cloud solutions app development or on the ground tech leadership um their job is to partner with you and your business and help you transform that relationship you have with technology good bad and, and, and ugly so um the team is led by uh, two very talented techies they told me to say that craig bell um, and Gareth Nickel. Um, and if any of you want to follow up with these guys afterwards, have a look at their website, thepossibilitypartnership.com. It's a great fun website just to have a look around and play with and just about everything else as well, as much as all the insights are on there. So Gareth, Craig, thanks for joining us today. How are you guys doing? You're all good? Well, yeah, good. really good. Thank you. Yeah, you? Um, yeah, very good. Thank you. So I'm very nervous about the next 25 minutes, having met Thanks. you and spoken with you and stuff. And I know how weird you both are. Uh, and right. the fact that one of you actually does Rubik's Cube via Bluetooth, I think is just in itself insanity <laughs> in itself. But, um, but I think it demonstrates a little bit about the level of technology we've got in the, in the room, which, which is which is great. Um, yeah. let, let's just quickly kick off, I suppose, and just sort of get into the conversation. So let, let's take a big step back, first of all. Um, you know, I think it'd be fair to say the world of technology is a bit of a minefield for a lot of businesses, especially small businesses, that matter as well what, what are some of the i suppose problems challenges that you're seeing businesses recruitment companies obviously in particular um are facing when it comes to that technology journey let's call it that do you want to start with yeah absolutely so i think a lot of what we see is companies growing and they sort of make do and muddle um so we see lots of companies that start at maybe five employees and by the time they hit 50 they're still using the same collaboration suite they're still using the same crm if at all maybe spreadsheets we've got someone in a back room somewhere doing all their finance and spreadsheets and paying people you know individually um just yeah really really inhibited growth um because of that tech um we see loss lack of integration so there might be that you know if we see ATSs or CRMs not talking to finance packages we see telephony solutions either not existing loads of recruitment consultants just sat you know, still bashing their mobile phones um rather than using a, an integrated um telephony solution um yeah else? no I would agree with that and I think you kind of touched on it earlier as well before we joined it was around technology moving so so quickly and I think those leaders within recruitment typically aren't tech leaders, right? They are doing what they enjoy. That's owning a recruitment business, it's executing that strategy, but they're not, 
they don't live and breathe that Bluetooth Rubik's Cube or the, you know, all the generative AI or the home automations or, you know, that crazy stuff that allows you then to draw on that industry expertise. And I think that's probably where we come in and, and facilitate that. No, for sure. But, but, but when, when you say these are problems, like things like integrations and stuff, I mean, what, what, what's the problem behind it? If the systems are all working really well independently, yes, there's a bit of admin in between and that type of stuff. What, what's the big deal? Why is it a problem? It's time, money, and error as a result of both. So the time to re, you know, deduplicate, re-enter, re-key. Uh, we've seen it before where people have actually completed either manual timesheets. You know, the worst case would be you've got a manual timesheet that that's then has to key in. Um, it could be onboarding. Um, traditionally, some recruitment sectors would have paper-based onboarding processes. And again, that we then key that into a CRM, then a manual timesheets faxed in, emailed in, whatever it might be, key that in. So it's really, for me, I think the key to recruitment is get almost check the ego, leave, you don't need it. To, it's not about having 50 people, 60 people, 70 people. It's actually about effectively utilizing the resources that you have and those people, right? Giving them the tools to be empowered, to have that technology to enable them to do that. And I think that's the struggle I, I see in the industry. But it is quite an egotistical industry. And typically people want to, you know, all my businesses have got 60 people, 70 people. The fact that they're spending most of their day duplicating tasks, that's the, the bit we, we try and uh, demystify, I guess. Yeah, I think I think, I think I'd probably agree with you Go back a year, it may I may have been right. I think probably 2023 taught a lot of people that actually, like, if you're going to have lots of people in your business, make them feel there's probably less um, mm. from an operational perspective in, in yeah. theory. But 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 in, in in essence, though, surely I can just go out and get like Zapier and that type of stuff and build a whole lot of Zaps to do all that for me and just get all my systems talking together because it's quite simple now, right? I mean, you have, you, have, you can be a luddite and know how to use technology cleverly. Got to find so, the problem first. That's the okay. issue. A lot, a lot of companies. Yeah, so a lot a lot of companies think they know what's wrong because mm -hmm. they're, they're living it and that, that's definitely, you know, a valued insight, but they don't always see, they don't know what they don't know. So they don't know the full picture. They don't know what maybe they are missing. Um, and we, we've worked with some customers in the past where they've been through big digital transformations, put loads of effort into fixing something that freed up one person when actually there was a big issue that would have freed up 10, 20, you know, 30 people's time, even if it was five, 10 minutes a day. But the sort of cumulative effect of fixing that issue would have been significantly better for the business than mm. focusing on freeing up that one person's time. And sometimes it's that squeaky wheel situation, right? It's the person that keeps shouting about something saying, I wish this was better for me. But it's making, you know, the the key is to to block out all of that noise and take a more holistic view, really understand what it is within the business that's not working. So yes, as a business owner, you could go out, you could find some zaps, you could use make to automate some of those tasks, but you might not be taking into consideration everything you should. Now, are you thinking about data security? Are you thinking about the impact that's going to have on your revenue, on your retention rates um, and those sorts of things? I guess to your point, James, as well, you talk about Zapier or make, which is probably our preferred uh, integration that's not necessarily the wrong answer right right it's it's actually about having that joined up view of the world is that appropriate we often refer to build by or uh partner so do you build it yourself do you you know do you buy it in zapier right or do you partner with somebody else and just outsource that entire task right whether that be i don't know digital marketing or finance or whatever it might be right so maybe zapier is entirely appropriate and that's the kind of whole holistic joined up view that strategic uh, tech roadmap, I guess.
Okay, and that's interesting. So, so let's just touch on that a second because obviously one of the biggest in uh, costs. Oh, I got a spider running around my desk. Um, one of the biggest. <laughs> I don't like spiders. Um, one of the biggest. Um, I'm trying to be cool about it, but I'm getting away with it. The um, one, of, one of the biggest <laughs> cost implications for a lot of businesses around outside of sort of staff, LinkedIn licenses, yeah. rent, and then you're probably talking about your CRM system and everything else. So with that with that in mind, there's some of the CRM systems out there are investing heavily at the moment. They're buying up lots of other businesses. They're consolidating, bringing them all together, um, et cetera. Should, we, should our tech journey just be driven by our CRM partner? We let them do it and spend all, like the classic example is AI and automations. Yeah. Now, if you look at some of the tech partners out there in the CRM systems, they're pumping millions and millions of pounds worth of investment, time and resource into really understanding automations. So is it best for an SME recruitment business leader to basically go, well, do you know what? I'll let you guys get on with it and I'll just, and you just let me know what I, what I need to know when I need to know it and what system I could use. Or should we be bringing people like yourself in and saying, actually, no, there's more to it than just that? No, they should just always bring us in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Cheers. <laughs> um, I think how much, you know, how much of your day is realistically spent in that CRM tool? How much of you know your workflow is governed by that? You know, a lot of a lot of businesses are spending, you know, maybe it's fifty percent of their time in uh, their CRM tool, but that other fifty percent might be on their telephony platform, might be using emails, might be collaborating, having meetings. So it's not just about the the CRM and the ATS piece. It's about making sure that that whole journey, that whole workflow that you have as a business, marries together and is as seamless as possible. Um, so yes, you could rely on the CRM and guiding and pushing you in that direction. But I think that's, you know, said earlier, it's the holistic piece. I guess another angle to that as well, right, is that if you take I mean, product placement, if you take Bullhorn, got a big marketplace, you know, they keep acquiring various different other companies, that's fine. But then you just, do not just become one of another that executes the same tech stack. I think that's other, that, you know, what's your key, your USP is potentially that you don't follow the sheep and have the same... The CRM, sure, I get that, but then all the little bits, are, you know, around it, maybe mm. something that's different, and uh, um, to be that kind of differentiator. Okay, so 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 what what's stopping recruitment organisations scaling up their technology at the same rate of pace as their business itself? Do you think? Because as you said, you know, some some people's technology stacks are pretty archaic. Um, or, archaic is probably a bit of a harsh word, but <laughs> maybe maybe a few years old and potentially not fit for purpose in this current marketplace. So what what slows people down and prevents people from from doing that? Um, I think it's just lack of awareness. You know, it's having the conversations. It's like you know what we're doing now, right? It's highlighting the need. It's giving people the option and the ability to not necessarily follow the herd and go with that CRM and mobile. You know, bashing out the mobile phones for X number of hours a day or whatever it is that, you know, that is is in vogue at a particular point in time. So I think it's it's that, it's that not having necessarily an IT team because you know, it doesn't warrant it, right? The cost of a, a CTO, the cost of an IT director, it's bringing in a fractional CTO. Um, it's having those those conversations. And 50% of our business, you know, a bit of a shameless plug now, but 50% of our business comes from the recruitment sector. So if we've seen it one place, odds are we're going to see it again and again and again. So it's actually being able to, leverage and almost you know almost a cookie cutter because each time you want to have it unique but you've mm -hmm. got that wealth of knowledge and that's something that a growing business wouldn't necessarily have right for sure and, yeah, and, and how well, sorry paper i was gonna say and i think to add to that it's it's the perceived priority piece 
we think a lot of you know a lot of recruitment businesses focus on you know getting candidates out getting you know perm hires in getting uh the high volume low margin jobs out there and tech isn't always seen as an enabler or mm. facilitator or a priority for that business it's we need to get the client we need to get the candidates and we need to fulfill that obligation and sometimes the the tech is forgotten about and people forget how much easier the tech can make it and people mm. also just put up with bad tech you know if you start, stand in an office of 20 people for a full day i can guarantee you'll hear at least five or six grumbles in that day of people saying god i wish this was easier or i hate that this does this yeah, yeah. but they don't really do anything about it it just carries on day in day out and find a workaround take. right yeah. typically people find workarounds i think some of our biggest kind of pet peeve that if you you know go out there onto the work onto the work floor and start actually chatting with people, they've always got these kind of crafty little hacks, you know, life hack workarounds that really mm -hmm. shouldn't be there. Yeah, really difficult to share data with a particular customer. Sure, I'll just pop a CV in WhatsApp and send it over to them. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, it's it's not great from a data protection point of view, and it's making sure you know if people had the right tools, you maintain mm -hmm. that data security, and you make that workflow easier, and the client gets a great experience too. It's interesting. The um, cause, cause the, the way you described recruitment, by the way, is, is I, I sort of agree and disagree with, by the way, and it's, it's interesting. Right. I, and I'm not judging you, it's based on your experiences. But, you know, one of the things that we're definitely seeing a lot more of in the last couple of years is a recruitment businesses shifting away from traditional recruitment services. So as you described it, perm, contract, temp, et cetera, and, and offering a much, more, much, much wider church of, of services and products, including consultancy service, everything else. And I think there's, we're starting to see some really interesting examples of recruitment businesses start to build technology platforms yeah. of their own to support their product offering that's going to market. And I think that's quite exciting. I think. Are you seeing some of that in, in some of the clients that you've worked with? I think so. I think just there's two parts of that question. I think the first part around the, the partnering or the recruitment business doing something different. We we have examples of that as well. We actually have had um, two recruitment companies partner with us recently. One is around technical screening of candidates. So uh, particularly within DevOps and software engineering space. So an IT recruitment company have come to us and said, yep, we love your services. We get you know telephony, Google, Bit of strategic direction from time to time. You help us with our CRM, but actually, can we embed you into the business to actually add value and a push up our uh, rates, our percentage, um, but also then become a USP differentiator for some of you know some of the um, competitors. And we literally will go through. We'll do the technical interview. We can fire technical tests at them, screen the candidate with the recruitment company, and then push those those profiles out. So we've seen it from that perspective too. Um, and that's been quite successful. I think mm. in terms of building apps, there's always a perception that, you know, you need to spend half a mil building an app. That really isn't the case, right? As you said, you, you can pick bits, you can take a Zapier, you can take a Make, you can take the CRM, you can write some relatively cost-effective um, mobile app or whatever it might be. So it doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, a Series A fund to get a, a decent app out. Um, so that's kind of, the two trends that we're seeing, I would say. Okay, can I can I not just use OpenAI and ChatGPT to build apps for me now? <laughs> to write your app, <laughs> you can try. Yeah, <laughs> well, people are trying definitely. Um, you can try. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, by the way, what's that? I wouldn't use OpenAI and ChatGPT for that though. I think no. We have got you know similarly. We have actually had quite significant experience with ChatGPT recently. Um, we've started. I mean. 
is it okay to talk about custom GPTs and some of the other stuff we're saying in that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, well, Charlie's actually asked a question about sort of um, AI and stuff. Is there any particular AI products that help save time when when resourcing, other than just using them just to write content and advert writing that sort of stuff? Yes. So I'll answer that first, and then we'll come back to the second part, which was around the uh, the stuff we've done. Um, yeah. So both. So a couple of years ago, we took a view that one of our kind of basic entry um services is is licensing so we took the view that you're either going to be on microsoft or you're going to be on google right it's unlikely you're going to be using lotus notes one two three from the 80s anymore right so mm -hmm. by being able to offer microsoft licensing or google licensing we can pretty much 100 percent provide licensing into any recruitment company right so google came out with their um ai um duet i think it's called yeah which is their kind of they're embedded AI that gives you that end-to-end. -end. It can write your slides for you. It can book appointments automatically with you know with people, whether it be suppliers, candidates, whatever it might be. Um, and then similarly, Copilot launched very very recently within uh, Microsoft, and that's their ChatGPT OpenAI variant. Um, and the Google version is actually based on Bard, which is their their open source version as well. So to get that. You know, rather than you're right, rather than just taking open AI, setting yourself up as a user, getting it to spin out a poem about dogs or whatever it is that you then, you know, somehow drop into a PowerPoint. Embedding the AI at that core system layer is the key, right? It shouldn't be a peripheral. It should be something that is part of that process. Um, so I think hopefully that answers Charlie's question. Um, and then the stuff we've been looking at recently was obviously there's a huge thing just before Christmas where our custom GPTs, that's the ability to take chat GPT, uh, upload docs, train it around your specific requirements. Um, the scenario we, we took, we've got marketing, tells what we can and can't say. We don't always listen, but we've got this whole kind of brand guidelines and you know, we blew that up into a custom chat GPT internally. So, with that, we then taught it all of our blog posts on our website by just literally pointing at it and going, read these URLs. You know, these are good blog posts. SEOs, this is what we all need to consider when writing a blog post. And now we can literally go, right, this is the blog post that we want. This is the key message items that we want. And it will go back, read all our branding guidelines, takes the tone of voice, even down to the color creation via image by Dali. Um, and we can spread our blog posts. That would have cost us significant amount of money previously to, to outsource that. Um, and we've, you know, we've got that quality because it, it's consumed all those, uh, all those learnings as well. So really custom laser focused to our, to our requirements. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a real big fan of these custom customized GPTs. I think they're brilliant. And I think you can, you can really create, you know, I'm, I'm, every, I think every recruiter should have a suite of custom GPT set up built for them to let yeah, half heavy lifting and that sort of stuff. Um, really Charlie, there's a couple of a couple of answers in the comments, by the way, about a couple of tools that you could have a look at, sort of thing um, around that. And I can share some stuff with you, Charlie, afterwards, by the way, some other example tools to have to think about. Sorry, Carol. I think to to go back to Charlie's question, I think the the key thing when trying to find something like uh, an AI tool that will improve uh, a particular business process, like the resourcing, it's figuring out which bits of that process. You know, are you looking for an AI that does resourcing full stop that's what it does it does all of that for you or actually are you looking for something that 
will take data on your social media effectiveness and tell you oh. this is the particular time of day that you should post this. Are you looking for something that um, tells you what keywords to have in that particular post? Um, and it's it's about picking apart that problem. Is the problem resourcing? Is the problem actually reach? Is it hmm. number of applicants? Are there too many? Are there not enough? And it's picking apart the problem rather than just saying, I need a resource that's an AI. Um, yeah. I think that's that's where our value comes in. You know, you can go out and shop and buy a product off the shelf, but if you're fixing a problem that's not there, you might still have that same problem afterwards. Hundred percent. Uh, and then Emily, in answer to your question, yes, Microsoft Copilot would, in in effect, do a similar thing about building your own custom GPT. So yes, yeah. Yeah, in answer to your question. So um, th there's another question that came in actually. So I'll, I'll pass this back over to you guys. So um, as far as I know, it's from David. As far as I only Salesforce and MS, uh, Microsoft Dynamics fully integrate with LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Could you achieve that with Zoho Recruit or any other ATS? Uh, LinkedIn's a challenging one, obviously, because it's owned by Microsoft. Um, there are ways of doing it. Um, most of them are frowned upon by by LinkedIn and Microsoft. Um, to the point where you get blocked or to the point where they're just um, Well, you need to be careful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We can, we know, yeah, we can advise offline. Maybe some of the options available. But yeah, it's <laughs> Maybe doing a LinkedIn live broadcast covering what's good and bad on LinkedIn is probably not, not the right place. <laughs> Fine. David, may I suggest you reach out to these guys after the call for an off-the-record off, off conversation and then we have sort of stuff. Okay, cool. So, so, so let, let's talk about them moving forward. And again, with regards to what you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, always with these things, I'm really interested in some practical things, what people need to do mm. to, to go forward. If I'm building out my tech stack moving forward, do I but build it based on what's happening at the moment or do i build it on based on what i'm trying to become in 12 to 18 months time because obviously by the time i build something today it's probably going to be obsolete in about 12 months time anyway sort of thing so how, how do you go about okay i get your point guys we need to do something with our tech and we take it seriously what's the starting point other than immediately reaching out to you two straight away but no quite <laughs> seriously blank blank piece of paper moment what do i do how do i start this process and from a thinking perspective i think the first thing to do is to take stock you know, what, what have you got? What haven't you got? Have some real open, frank conversations internally. Maybe as a business owner, you shouldn't be in the room and you should nominate somebody else so that people are able to be that candid. Yeah. Um, and find out from people, you know, what is causing pain, what is causing issues, what's not working for you. Maybe even have some conversations with trusted clients or candidates that you, you've had good yeah. and bad experiences with. Just really understand where you should, should be spending that time and effort in you know, tech digital transformation isn't always the cheapest thing to do. And if you are going to go on this journey, then you should you know, invest in a place where it actually counts. I think, as you said at the start of the question, you know, is it think forward or is it think about what you've got now? It's both. Yeah, it is. You know, if, yeah. if you're already on Microsoft, should you be considering a move to Google? Only if you're dealing with an industry, you know, if you're, if you're in finance recruitment, then stick in with Microsoft because most of your clients are Microsoft houses is a logical choice. If you're using Microsoft and all your customers are media companies who are probably on Google Workspace, then it's a logical move for you to move to Google Workspace instead. So that customer integration and communication is much, much better and cleaner. So that's a big decision to make. Um, to make just, 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 just explain that then. So I, I've got a system, I, I've got a sort of a communication system, text stack that all, does all that sort of thing. My customers have got that. How does the fact that I've got the same one to them mean it make it smoother and cleaner? It's just that alignment. It's just the collaboration. Um, just simple things. We hate Zoom, right? We're not particularly big on Zoom. So it's 
do we use Calendly, right, for booking out appointments. So when somebody gets to pick a Calendly appointment, we use both Google and Microsoft. So it's just that being able to enable your supplier to actually choose, I'm a Google house. It's so much easier if you work Google to Google, whether yeah. that be sharing documents, collaboration, join, just simply joining a meeting, right, not spending the first five minutes explaining how to unmute something. Um, we've all been there. Um, it's just the simple foundation. Okay. And then building on that foundation is sector specific. Yeah, but I suppose you really need to understand what your sector is using to make that because yeah. that's a quite a big decision to make to make that bit switch, right? I mean, it is. We, yeah, we, it's we, we have... definitely easier at the start when you're a smaller business. You know, if you if if you're five, ten, fifteen employees, that's a much easier change than two thousand. Um, sure. We've done both. Yeah, done both, and yeah. five to ten yeah. is much easier. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, it, even moving back, we've seen you know customers move one way and then decide after a few years this isn't the choice for us. You know, actually we misaligned to our market and yeah. now it's causing us other issues. Um, so yeah, okay. I think to to David's question there around uh, summarizing what a bot can do for a recruiter, I think some of the the areas where we find it most interesting is picking apart job descriptions yeah. um, and identifying key phrases. Um, this is particularly of use in uh, really skilled industries. IT is a great example of this, where recruiters may have a good understanding of the, the area that they're recruiting into, but there could be 15 different ways of describing a particular type of technology. And if they don't know all 15 of those, how do they find the candidate or do they miss candidates that would match? Mm. So you can use um, AI to, to pick apart those job descriptions, put together lists of profiles, you could create a custom GPT that even uh, generated your uh, LinkedIn Boolean searches for skills um, and things like that. You could build them out that way. Um, one of the things that we find you've got to be really careful of, though, is that candidate selection piece. Yeah. GDPR is really quite clear on what you can and cannot do, uh, especially making decisions using AI. Um, and I think there's a lot of risk for recruiters there. Um, where people get lazy and it's like, I'm going to just chuck a load of CVs into chat GPT, yeah. don't know where they're going, don't really care. And it's going to tell me which candidate's best. Well, we don't know what bias that chat GPT has. Um, and you've got you've just got to be really careful about, you know, which aspects of your job you're trying to automate away. Yeah. And also, where's the value in the recruiter? The recruiter's value is in their experience in the industry and, you know, their candidates, their connections um and the skill that they have there so you know we don't want to take that away and put that into ai that's the skilled bit really what we should be doing is automating away the the boring dull bits that nobody wants to do yeah i think i think you're right and i think i also add to that so we have a toolkit that we built at the recruitment network called the cycle of service excellence which is all about um the user experience from a customer and candidate perspective and how they're engaging with us and i think a big thing i think of automation is as much about streamlining efficiencies and capacity for us as recruiters as businesses but actually it's improving the user experience at the other end mm -hmm. you know and there's no there's no doubt in my mind that the way candidates like to apply for jobs now the way clients like to potentially interact with us or start the negotiation process with us a lot of that is technology driven as opposed to a human driven um, and don't get me wrong i'm not here and complete quite the opposite i'm not here to say that we shouldn't have recruiters getting out and speaking to customers quite the opposite. we need to have a lot more of it we are at the moment Absolutely. but there is definitely an argument that there's a journey piece that people like to go on and it's a little bit different maybe than what we've traditionally done in, in the past so yeah um there's a, a question from neil here which i'm sure you're going to enjoy this one so apps uh are apps being used in the recruitment sector and if so what sort of apps to add to that question and what type of impact are they having yeah so i think 
some I'll throw some some ideas out there uh, onboarding applications. Um, so how do you you know simplify the the process for candidates onboarding with your business? We see this a lot more in the um, the temp space rather than the perm space. Um, you might have uh, job finding, so you know a matching app that matches candidates to existing roles. You can have uh, candidate and client portal applications, so simplifying that process of communicating between clients and candidates. Maybe a portal you can upload your CVs uh, of potential candidates to that are anomalized, and then you know maybe even time box them. So once the can uh, client seen them, they get automatically removed, taking away some of that process work. Um, any others? Yeah, I'm thinking there's something you're working on currently around um, sort of. I've got a theory about data loss prevention (DLP). Is that within recruitment? Um, it's my opinion that a lot of data tends to kind of leak before people move on, right? Before recruitment consultants leave the door. And there's obviously lots of stuff around AI that can be built around that, right? To say, oh, that looks odd that Johnny's logged in from Dominican Republic at six o'clock in the evening and he's downloading 20,000 CVs or, you know, that doesn't look quite right. Um, so there's, there's apps around that. Um, you're currently working on actually building a, an app around content filtering. Yeah. Do you want to? cover that slightly yeah so i mean one of the things that we're building we're looking at um for one of our customers monitoring what's happening in the background of bullhorn so bullhorn does have some audit capabilities but we're building a sort of a real-time reporting platform that will check what candidates somebody's viewing what activity they're doing within bullhorn at a particular time and then building automated anomalous uh, activity detection so it looks like johnny normally looks at five candidates and four clients an hour but we've noticed a 5% increase and therefore we can block that traffic or we can send a notification to his manager. Um, so that then, you know, it's rather than realizing when Johnny's gone out the door and moved on to, to a competitor that you've lost half your business because Johnny took it with him. Um, you know, you can stop that in real time and putting in place the, the necessary um, controls and, um, and fight it basically. Um, I think to, to answer the what type of impact uh, part of Neil's question. I mean, it, a lot of it's either increases in productivity, improvements in data security, uh, lower spend and better experience, whether that's candidate experience, client experience. Um, but fundamental to everything is freeing up people's time. You know, we we as tech people don't want to be wasting our time on finance and sending invoices out. You know, it's about and you know, recruiters probably don't want to be spending time answering spam or dealing with you know stuff that isn't what they love to do uh -huh. and it's about freeing people up to do that stuff and if we can do that with applications it would be unique to every business but that's where the you know the sweet spot is it's enable people to do their best work all the time Definitely. rather than 50 yeah. of the time yeah we've, we've done a lot of work over the last 12 to 18 months around this area called optimization so how do you opt how do you get, how do you squeeze more out of what you've already got and we, we created this thing called the waste elimination checklist it's a very exciting name but um, and, that, and that and that ultimately the waste elimination checklist allows you to understand all those areas of wastage of efficiency and again if you can recoup that back and convert that back into more time out in front of customers guess what a the expectations of a recruiter have shot up from a 180k average gp to a 220k average gp and so yeah. it goes on yeah. um I'm, I'm i'm very conscious of time we're, we're going to sort of round it off in, in a second because it's been a, <clears throat> a great conversation and in trouble with these things you can you can go off in a thousand different directions and talk about a thousand different things right so please, please let anyone listening in is please make sure you reach out to gareth and craig have a good chat with them and I, I know they love to chat <laughs> um, and they love to talk in particular about technology and recruitment technology and everything else so do speak to them about it 
Um, just, just to close off with the both of you, if it's like fast to ask you both individually, what's the one thing you're really excited about when it comes to technology in our industry moving forward, outside of your ability to do a Rubik's Cube using Bluetooth? What would that be? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I mean, it's really cliche, but I think it has to be the generative AI piece, right? I think it's embedding that in something like a CRM. Um, you know, when Bullhorn releases something quite cool, I would imagine that's going to be a game changer, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and for me, it's integrations. It's products working better together. Um, I think Zapier has gone a long way to making that process easier, but I think there's still a long way in the industry and generally to go. And I think better solutions and joining together of solutions um, is really, you know, over the coming years, I think we, what would really, you know, be the best thing for recruitment would be one-stop shop, single pane of glass products that, you know, fully automate all of the, the bad stuff away. So you're left with, you know, as I said, just recruiting, you know, automation of timesheets, automation of finance and invoicing, automation, pay and bill, everything, you know, that's, yeah. that's the bit that excites me. Very good. Excellent. Listen, guys, really, really appreciate your time. So thank you. Please do reach out to them. Their um, website is the, the possibilitypartnership.com. Um, yeah. I believe. Have a, have a good look at the website. Reach out to, to Craig and Gad. Have a good conversation with them. And they've got lots more to share with you, lots more ideas and that type of stuff. And for all of those of you listening, obviously, um, if you want to get involved with the Recruitment Network, please reach out to us. I'd love to chat to you a bit more about what we're up to around some of the optimization stuff, as well as the future AI and tech stuff that we've been doing with our uh, Createch things. Um, other than that, um, have a fantastic rest of the day. Exciting times ahead, I think, without doubt for our industry. And I do think this piece around technology has become more of a question than ever before. Um, and if, I think if we can get an extra 25% more capacity out of our people in 2024, I can't help thinking that many people are going to have a record year in 2024 from a contribution and profitability perspective as much as uh, some yeah. of the vanity metrics of revenue and GP. Uh, Craig, Gary, thanks for joining us. Lovely to see you all. Thanks to everyone who's joined us today. And we we'll look forward to seeing you on the next LinkedIn Live. Thanks. Cool. Thanks, everyone.